national uh, nightmare is over as we have finally found the uh, the auction item of the King Griffey Jr. Grand Slam ball that is uh, up for auction today. The James G. Murphy website, thanks to uh, Jake Hurt on Twitter for giving us the link. Finally found it, but I want to know what the actual bidding is. Uh, it says the advanced bidding is closed right now. What they believe to be the first Grand Slam baseball hit by Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, in the kingdom. How do they describe it on the site? Is it just like that, like you just said? Ken Griffey Jr. Grand Slam baseball with newspaper article. <laughs> Well, hang on. Let me rush right over to my, my computer and put in a bid on that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I want to know what the bid is. I want to know how much this thing is going for. Why don't we just throw collectively throw in a bid for the thing? You said it's closed, though, isn't it? He said, well, it says uh, advanced bidding is closed. Yeah. I don't know how it seems way too. Yeah. It does. You know what? I'm it, sorry. It, I don't have time for all You know this. what? I'm with you. Neither what's, do I. What's the I most valuable both let's ask oh, this two-part question God, i don't know the most valuable piece of memorabilia you have money-wise and the one that means the most because it might be two completely different things to you it could be a photo i'm, I'm trying to th- i'm trying to run through i don't have a ton of stuff but i've got in my office i've got you know a few things most and valuable or, or the thing that means the most it's two um, different things but let's see i got uh i have a baseball signed by kirby puckett i've got a gary payton rookie card uh, that, a, that might a, be valuable. I don't know, and a a signed photo from Steve Largent. Mm-hmm. That, that's about it. Yeah, that I don't is. have to. I don't have a lot of great stuff. That's your that, that that's, that's my collection. Yeah, that's that's my award winning collection. Yeah. What would that go for in an auction bid? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Not and does it have to be autographed to be something like in this, or can it just be a piece of you know, something like I've got I've got a photo. Uh, that I bought uh, of uh, of Ron Turcott aboard Secretariat in the home stretch at cool. Belmont in 1973. It's a great black and white photo. He's kind of looking over at the timer, uh, oh, and and cool. because he he wants he wants to see he can't believe he he's already there's all there's another photo of him. he's already turned around to see where everybody is because he can't believe how far ahead he is and now he's looking at the timer as he's getting to the uh, to the finish now, line. So this, that's probably my favorite thing. That does I have. this count? I don't know if this counts as memorabilia. I have a buddy who's a really good artist who drew me. The cover of the Sports Illustrated magazine in which uh, Jordan hits the final shot against Utah. No, yeah, that that's absolutely what I'm thinking about. It's just yeah. something you okay, have that's, that that's, means a lot to you. That's mine. Yeah, because it's a he's a great artist and it's sure a, uh, it has a personal value yeah. to you. I mean, I've got yeah. a I've got it, and I'm just I'm so bummed about this. I had it hanging in in sunlight for a while, and the ink on it has faded. But I know what was there. I have a, a poster of Dave Niehaus in a tuxedo. And the photo was taken mm. on opening night of Safeco Field. Remember, he wore a tux, and they and they had him throw the first pitch oh, in yeah, Safeco yeah. Field sure. history was okay. uh, was uh, Dave. Uh, and then when they inducted him into the Hall of Fame, the Mariner Hall of Fame, they used that photo. And I've got that poster, and he signed it and personalized it to me. And then I, the ink on it has faded. I could probably get somebody to restore that, but that means a great deal to me for obvious reasons. Oh, of course. All right, let's uh, update our poll question, our daily poll question. Today is the NBA draft. Uh, later today. Uh, who would be the Sonics all-time number one overall pick? Your choice is Fred Brown, Sean Kemp, the great Spencer Haywood. Boy, and I don't even remember Spencer. I wasn't I wasn't watching basketball when Spencer Haywood boy. was playing. But boy, you just got to go look back at the the highlights and his Ooh. stats and what he averaged. Like in the five years played in Seattle, he averaged like twenty five and thirteen. Look at what he went he through to open the hardship sure. case thing. I mean, yep. he, he was a, he was an activist. He was an athlete activist, and 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 paid the price a little bit for it. So uh, Fred Brown, Sean Kemp, Spencer Haywood, Gary Payton, uh, Gary Payton running away with this at seventy eight percent, followed by Kemp at sixteen, Haywood and Brown 
uh, both at 3%. Some guy literally just asked me, and I'm trying to explain to him, well, what about Russell Westbrook? And I'm just like, no, I, I don't. <laughs> they're just trying. Come what, on, they're trolling you. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, Russell Westbrook never played for the Seattle Sonics. Right. He was drafted. That's not what we're I'm talking about. Basically about guys who played. Mm-hmm. All right. So no, Russell we- Russell Westbrook does not count. Neither does Serge Ibaka. No, he doesn't. He doesn't count either. No. All right. Uh, this is I think we I came across this uh, last night. Mm-hmm. So have you heard this story about the Philly fanatic? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm, so yeah. everyone by now has probably heard this. Sure. So the Philly fanatic, he apparently one of his one of his shticks is he fires off. They have this great. We need this cannon at Safeco Field. I think yeah. the moose could have this thing. Have you, I've seen hot dog cannons, though. I want to say I've seen at them Safeco. Before. I don't know at Safeco, but I remember. I, mean, I think Squatch might have had a hot dog cannon. Yeah, but I don't point. think I don't think the Mariners do this. I don't think. Right? I, I, I doubt it. I don't no. think the moose just dances on top of the dugout. Mm-hmm. So the Philly fanatic has a has a thing where he puts they put hot dogs and they wrap the hot dogs in duct tape, which seems smart. Yeah, so it won't fall apart on yeah. its on its journey on its perilous journey up to the third deck. And, and he fires <laughs> off these hot dogs up into the crowd. It's kind of a thing. I'd, I'd like to know if Shockey's ever caught one of these. Someone got hurt the other day, and I think that it the result of this. And she, this woman's going to get our good sport of the day. You'll you'll understand why. But I really thoroughly enjoyed the news report from the local Philadelphia TV station on it. But we're going to begin here at 4.30 with a strange story involving the fanatic, a hot dog, and a head injury. On Monday, the green mascot shot a free meal high into the stands with his iconic cannon, hitting a Montgomery County woman square in the face. And here's a sentence I never thought I'd say, but if you thought a bun and a sausage couldn't really hurt anyone, frankly... Uh-huh. Think again. Action News' Sarah Bloomquist live in Plymouth meeting this afternoon to explain just what caused all this damage. Serious injuries here, Sarah. Yeah, Brian. And trust me, this is not what Kathy McVeigh wanted to be known for. Monday night at the Phillies game, she got hit right between the eyes by a hot dog fired from the Fanatics hot dog cannon. The injury's bad enough she got sent to the emergency room. Now she has a message for other Phillies fans. Oh my gosh, I never thought a hot dog would could hurt. Kathy McVeigh did get hurt, and by a hot dog. It just came out of nowhere. It was like... And uh, hard. And right? hard, yeah. On Monday night, McVeigh was seated behind home plate when the Philly fanatic started firing hot dogs, real hot dogs, into the stands. A longtime tradition, just like in this YouTube video posted by Major League Baseball. Keep in mind the fanatic's hot dogs are wrapped in duct tape, and one landed squarely between McVeigh's eyes. And then, next thing I know, he, shoot it, he shot it in our direction, and bam, it like hit me like a a ton of bricks my glasses flew she says she couldn't catch or swat it away because she has a shoulder injury that requires surgery in the coming days that night she ended up in the emergency room to make sure she didn't suffer a concussion nothing's broken thank god but you know it's gonna be <laughs> it's sore it's very sore Kathy McVeigh loves the Phillies and doesn't plan to take legal action but she does have a message for fans just to be aware you know because you never know you know, I mean, you would think, I, I understand a baseball, but not a hot dog. <laughs> and yes, she does understand if her story gets a few laughs. It gives people a good laugh, and if that makes somebody chuckle, then that's fine. <laughs> 
she's a good sport about it. The Phillies did reach out to Kathy directly yesterday to apologize. A spokesperson told me today that the fanatic feels terrible about this. Nobody's <laughs> ever been injured by a flying hot dog at Citizens Bank Park before. They've offered Kathy free tickets when she's feeling up to returning to a game again. Free tickets, Phillies. How about something more than free? Yeah. Now, you first of all, she gets the good sport of the day because she, like, literally is a great sport. Mm-hmm. She's not mad. And, and she said at the end of the interview, if someone gets a chuckle at it, it's whatever. And, like, when you watch it, she's got a big smile on her face. I'm telling you, she's got a shiner of all shiners. I mean, it yeah. hit her hard. She well, looks like she's been in a brawl, like a bar brawl. We I, reached out to the Philly fanatic. <laughs> I mean, I know everybody in this business is working hard, but I find local TV news sometimes to, to just, and oh. I can't tell, are they being serial? I, a Philly spokesman told me the fanatic feels terrible oh. about it. Well, there's somebody, and I, I like the lie too. This is not what she wanted to be known for. Yeah. Really? No kidding. She oh. wanted to be known for getting hit in the face with a hot dog. Oh, the punny too, frankly. I mean, it's just yeah. great. The whole, the whole, everything about little. it's awesome. There you go. Philly fanatic. How, I mean, shouldn't she get more than just tickets to the next game? Well, I, I mean, I, uh, hot dogs for life. Maybe hot. How about Whoppers for life? No, wait a minute. That deal's oh, been taken. I don't want that. Um, I'm thinking more than just a couple of tickets. Well, I am at, look, look, here's throw the thing. the first pitch. Here's the thing. They're probably going to add some stuff to it anyway, I would think. How about she gets to shoot the Philly Fanatic with the hot dog cannon? Hey, how, well, she could do that. Or you could just say, you know, look, you could take the hard lines and look, you should pay attention. How far yeah. How far did the hot dog travel before Well, I think she actually, i got to go back and look at the story. I don't think she was up like in the, the nosebleeds where they generally fire that off. God, where was she at? I think she was like in the 100 level, I think. I mean, she obviously wasn't in the 300 level because I don't think it's going to leave that mark. Yeah, it seems like it came pretty, I mean, it pretty came, hot. Yeah, I think that came in pretty hot. Yeah, that's... I mean, I get it. Yeah, you should be paying attention, but I don't think right. you, as she said. I don't think you're going to get hit by a hot dog. Martinez, I think we get a... What would we shoot out here in Seattle with the moose? First of all, the moose doesn't know how to shoot a cannon. I'm here, to, I'm here to tell you after this, there's going to be no shooting of any cannons no at Safeco Field. No, no there, there will not be. How about some shishka berries be shot out of our cannon? <laughs> shishka berry. That, yeah. that'd be, it's got a big wooden stick yeah, on it. That why could not? cause lethal problems. It'd be unbelievable. All right, coming up next, we'll check in uh, with Cliff Averill, his weekly visit. Countdown for Cliff uh, joining us just a few weeks away. We'll check in with the former Seahawks next. And on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR, entertaining sports talk. It's a uh, Zeke's Pizza Thirsty Thursday here on the radio program. Puck and gas back at the Carter Volkswagen studio. Oh, we brought in our friends at Zeke's Pizza. They've done it again. Bring us pizza and beer every single Thursday. Download the uh, Zeke's Pizza app right now if you want pizza, beer, wine, cider delivered to you. They've been doing this for now for uh, several weeks at all Zeke's Pizza locations. So along with your pizza, if you'd like, you know, when you're lazy, you're watching soccer, it's underway right now. Uh, Argentina. Who's Argentina playing again? Argentina. Croatia. Croatia. You're trying to figure out the time of soccer, and that wears a guy it out does. and gets you hungry. Well, we're in the 21st minute, but it could be the tw- uh, it could be the 23rd, 24th. We don't really know what time, how much actual time there is. Uh, no score, right? Nil nil. Nil nil. Do we actually know that's actually the score? Or yes, it, Puckett, it's currently the 22nd minute. Or it could be the 23rd minute. You know, no, it's know. the 22nd minute. Could be the 24th. Uh, so Zeke's Pizza, if you'd like to not get off your couch and you'd like some pizza, you'd like some beer, uh, download the Zeke's Pizza app right now and get yourself a pie. And then also they're 
allowing they're uh, delivering beer, wine, and cider as well. So today they brought in uh, the uh, Spanish steps. It's Italian sausage, roasted red pepper, gorgonzola, and fresh basil, and the Laurelwood Free Range uh, Red. And uh, we'll just open that up right now. It smells great. Got a great little can. How does it taste? I'll say it tastes pretty good. And I'll say this. I'm going to go out. Oh, that's a good beer. Can I go out on a limb here? Sure. And say that, like me, our next guest, who is soon to replace me, uh, he's a much bigger star, and he's going to do great. And I'm so so excited this day is getting near. I can't wait to hear how he sounds all the time on the radio. But he's going to be like me. He's going to find an extra, you know, kind of a pepping his step on Thursdays when he realizes sure. that it's Zeke's Pizza Thursday and he's getting pizza and beer delivered right to his studio every Thursday. I think Cliff Averill's going to love Zeke's Pizza Thursday. And, uh, and and Cliff joins us right now on the Bacon Plumbing Hotline. Cliff, right now we've got a Laurel Wood uh, Free Range Red Ale. It's 5.9% alcohol, so it's got a little kick to it. It's a Northwest yeah. uh, twist on the classic amber ale with a hop aroma and, as you know, Cliff, a strong malt backbone. Laurelwood yeah. Brewery Company out of Portland, Oregon. The The reason uh, Laurelwood Brewery is really special to my heart, when uh, Furness and I were down in Portland uh, doing our little radio program, and the craft brewer, you know, brew industry was really taking off down there when we were, when we were uh, doing shows down in Portland, Laurelwood was one of the first ones down there. And Laurelwood used mm-hmm. to bring us beer and food in all the time, like once a week. And it was like on a Friday. And they'd bring in, in the beer, the strongest beer in the world. And literally, we could not complete the show because everyone was, <laughs> everyone would start drinking around 3 o'clock. And by about 4 o'clock, everybody was done. So there you go. That's what everybody you have. <laughs> yeah, Cliff, this is what you have to look forward to on Thursdays, a beer and pizza from Zeke. So uh, start, uh, start, yeah, start preparing yourself. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. I can't wait. I can't wait to try it out. What uh, what kind of beer does Cliff Averill like? I mean, beer is a tough question anymore. There's still those that just like the traditionals. There's some that like the more the micro brews. Or do, do, I mean, I, I don't know if you're drinking beer 24-7. I kind of doubt it. But when you sit down to have a beer, what's Cliff Averill prefer? You know what? I, I'm not really a big beer drinker. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it, you know what I mean? But sure. I, I don't, I've, I've, I've never really gotten into it. I'm uh, more of a, a vodka guy from time to time, yeah. but I, I don't drink often. I feel like the athlete now is not like the athlete that once was. Like, I think the athlete, yeah, the athlete now, Cliff, well, you can speak to this because you're actually an athlete, not me, that <laughs> they're so conscious of what they put in their body, right? So it's like if they're going to yeah. drink, like you see the NBA players. Like if I see another photo of LeBron, Carmelo, and Dwayne Wade sitting around clinking a, a Merlot glass. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen one too many of it. But, like, those guys are drinking red wine. NFL players, every time I see an NFL player, like when you guys have your parties and events and I see a picture like the Seahawks put out, it's, oh, it is like a mixed drink. It's a cocktail. I don't see beers. Yeah, like, yeah. I think we've moved past the days of, like, Larry Bird sitting around in a picture with Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson famously yeah. drinking, like, 25 beers. I don't think they do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think guys are really, uh, you know, drinking. They're not drinking as much in general because uh, we're, we're starting to realize, you know, the, the how it works with the body and, and guys are paying attention to what they put into their bodies. So guys aren't drinking as much. And, yeah, the beer, uh, yeah, I don't really see too many guys drinking that as well. But I, I agree with you. The LeBrons and those guys, they're drinking red wine because and, and it has its, its little health kick to it but also you can get the buzz yeah uh but you know yeah guys definitely pay attention a little more to what they're putting in their body now 
Cliff, a lot of pro teams have gotten away from this when, when you were playing with the, the Seahawks or even the Lions before. Was there some beer on the team playing, say, on the way home from a game? You've worked your ass off. You've played hard. Would, would guys have a couple of beers to unwind, or is that just something that's just not done anymore because more teams have gotten away from that? No, um, you know what? That, that kind of started winding down a little bit when I first got into the league because mm. uh, I used to hear about the older guys talking about it. But, you know, some guys will get the rookies to go buy them some, not necessarily beer, but they go get them some, you know, some Hennessy or something or some, some, <laughs> some vodka or something like that, right. you know, to, to, to kind of mellow out after a game. But if, you, if you're dehydrated, it, it makes for a long flight, though. You, you end up cramping up and, and got a buzz. It, it can be awkward sometimes. Right. There used to, Cliff, there used to be this, uh, this great baseball player uh, legendary baseball player. His name was Wade, Wade Boggs. Okay, Wade Wade played for the Red Sox and played for later for the Yankees. So Jeff Nelson, yeah. who used to work at this radio station, who pitched for both the Yankees and the Mariners, and he used to do. We had a we had a baseball post game show here, and he was telling me one night the story of Wade Boggs on a flight from Seattle to New York City, which is probably what <laughs> five five hours. About five hours, yeah. The guy crushes 27 beers on the flight from Seattle to New York City. Jeez. Twenty Like light beer, but I don't care. Right, right. I don't care if it's beer, Coors Light. He gets, off the, he gets off the plane. He turns to Nelly, Jeff Nelson, and goes, uh, anybody want to go out? <laughs> I mean, that is a professional oh, drinker. Wow. Well, remember, I no mean, doubt about it. and Pat, Pat Summerall, who ended up you know, getting the cure, Pat had a huge drinking problem. And he talked about the, the when he finally realized he hit rock bottom was he had he had some incident on a plane. He didn't get out of control, but like he got sick on a plane. And they, they, they walked him back through, and, and from the end of an NFL game until like 9 o'clock that night, he had had something like 23 mixed drinks. Yeah. Oh, you know, wow. starting at the stadium. And then, and, <laughs> you know, and so the, the guys that can do it, man, we're, you know, we're just having one red ale here. Well, I don't know, Cliff. You, you don't sound like, you don't sound like uh, uh, much of a drinker, and that's fine. That will change in July when you start. Um, <laughs> but are you a plain Like, I'm not a plain drinker. No. No, I can't do that. I can't just drink just a drink either, though. Like yeah. I have to be, oh. have to be in a crowd, has to be in a, a, a fun setting for me to to drink a little bit. But uh, I don't drink often. But when I do, it definitely has to be around a bunch of friends and, and you know having a good time. What would you say? I can't to, just drink at home. What would you say to someone that does drink at home, like in their basement, but locks the door so the kids can't get down there and is down there for <laughs> several hours yelling at the TV? What would you call that person? Uh, I'm not into name calling, but you know you might want to get checked out. <laughs> hey, do you, do you, I can't stand. Yeah, I can't stand drinking on a plane. Yeah, I'm really? not even one. I really? just it drives me nuts. Boy, I enjoy I the hell. Out, I enjoy the hell out of a high altitude oh, cocktail. I know. I'll I, say I, that. I'm very weird. I agree. Hey, uh, Cliff, uh, Cliff. If, it's, if it's a long flight, if it's a long flight, I'll definitely have at least one just to knock the edge off, and then try to hopefully go to sleep. Go to sleep. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you, since we're since we're talking about all this, uh, you, you may have noticed that occasionally the fans at NFL games tend to imbibe a little bit. You, <laughs> do, do, do you ever remember, like, like let's say in the fourth quarter of a game where you've got it in hand, where you, the team you're playing for is ahead, say thirty-five to ten, and the game's over, and you're starting to loosen up and relax a little bit on the sides? Anybody ever like going, "Hey, look at this guy up here. Take a look at how drunk this one guy is." You guys ever pointing yeah. out guys in the stands who have, who have had a little bit too much? All the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, we'll look back in the stands and, you know, I'll tap on one of the guys and one of the guys will tap on me like, look at this guy. Like, we've seen guys getting carried out, carried out of stadiums because they're too drunk. Yeah. Um, you know, we definitely get laughs out of that from time to time for sure. 
do, what when does it how much have you noticed in like in your first first year in the league has it gotten mm-hmm. worse did did it get worse for you the fan behavior you go back to last year when you look at the game in Jacksonville right where it gets it just kind of gets out of hand it was who is it Quentin Jefferson yeah, yeah, you know, and he's and he's being left the field, and guys throw beer on him. I mean, it just, you know, at that point, I understand. Hey, if you're Quentin or anybody else, just get to the locker room as fast as you can. And I agree with that side of it, Cliff. But I also then agree with, man, if you're a fan, you just can't say and do whatever you want without any repercussions at all. Like that's it's it's not the way it should be. I agree. Um, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but I, I think I have the biggest issue. Uh, my biggest issue, what I would say, is, you know, fans tend to, you know, say what they want, you know, throw beer, whatever. But as a professional athlete, as a human being, you know, you're going to react depending on what that person does. But they expect you to act a different way. Like, oh, you know, you're a professional athlete. You shouldn't act like that. This guy just cussed me out and threw a beer in my face. Like, I'm going to defend myself if I'm on the field or if I'm anywhere else, like, you know, you should defend yourself. So I, I, I sometimes I don't like the way those lines get blurred sometimes. I mean, that happened, was it Jacksonville last year? You guys are coming mm-hmm. off the field, a hor- horrible loss. Yeah. You guys, you, know, you kind of stepped in it at the end there. Somebody's yelling. I forget who it was. Who was, was it? I can't remember. One of the guys yeah. walked over. Well, it was, it was the it was well, the player was Quentin Jefferson. That's right. Who was, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. He was kicked out of the game, and then he walked over there, and they they were the the guy threw beer on him. Yeah, and and I, I know what you mean, Cliff, because I'm sitting there watching that, thinking, "Come on, man, you've got to be better than that." On the other hand. We're all human. Who wants to have some, you know, idiot unloading on you when you're in a lousy mood anyway? I mean, it, 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 and I noticed it more, God, years ago when I was covering the NBA. I was amazed because there the fans are literally on top of the players and they'll say yeah. anything. And I'm like, how do the, how do you guys manage to keep your cool in that? Cause you're right. It would be totally natural to just finally go, you know, enough. I'm, I'm going to go up and confront this idiot. Well, I don't have a problem with the, the, the talking trash. That That's part of it. You know, you experience that from high school on up. That's that's okay. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about people that are throwing stuff on you and, mm-hmm. you know, hit you in the back of the head or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. like now, you know, that I think that's more of an issue than the, the trash talking. We're used to that. You know, we're doing that on the field anyway. So that's, <laughs> that's not a problem. It's, it's more so the physical part of it. That's when I have an issue with, with fans. And, and, you know, and they expect you to act a certain way, but, you know, again, you, you you put your hands on me. It's it's a different it's a different reaction. I've always want I've always wanted this, uh, uh, Cliff. And again, Cliff Averill uh, joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Soon, in a couple of weeks, we won't say you're joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. We'll be able to say you'll be right across right. from me. Can yes. I guess it? Can I have his Thursday guest slot? Yeah, can you I come, come on every on Thursday? Thursday? Hey, Thursdays what's going on, guys? <laughs> uh, he'll be uh, starting July 9th. He'll be sitting in here. He doesn't know what he's getting into, but he knows on Thursdays he's getting beer and he's getting pizza. Uh, so July 9th, the very first show there uh, for Cliff Averill uh, with me and this radio station on 950 KJR. Um, when you're walking out, I've always wondered this with athletes, out of the tunnel, Can you? is it just so loud or do you guys block it out? Can you hear what people are saying? Can you pick up like individual like you know taunts and people yelling at you? Only if you actually stare at the person. And that's why most guys usually just either stare at the ground or, you know, kind of stare through people. Right. But it, that's the only time you'll actually pick up on if someone's talking crazy to you or whatever is if you actually see, like, see the face and, and kind of see where the voice is coming from. Um, but I know for myself, I would never, I never looked into the stands. I never looked into the crowd. 
unless you know we're up by big and we're looking for drunk people. <laughs> you, you know the other thing that's funny, and you see this at games again. I saw it more at NBA games because it's just you can hear in an NBA. Yeah, you're those right guys can hear you guys in a big stadium. It's hard, but I always liked it when a heckler would get off a good line and somebody'd start laughing. Like your yes. teammate might start laughing. Say, "You got to admit, man, that's actually pretty funny." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you get you get that. You get you get guys like Michael B, Mike B, Bennett who you know for whatever reason he can hear everything everybody's saying, and you know. It, you like, man, listen, listen to the crap he's saying back there or, you know, whatever. And, and guys do get a good laugh out of, out of it sometimes. But then some people take it too too serious or too personal. And, and you know, that's when it's kind of, all right, dude, shut up. You just right. watch the game and shut up. Right. Uh, Cliff, you're a, you're a huge basketball fan. And we all know it's like the amount of trash talking that happens on a basketball floor. You, you, you can see it all the time. And, yeah. and, and basketball is the greatest sport in terms of being able – because they're not wearing anything. I mean, they're wearing a, a exactly. tank top and shorts. And they, you can, they're exposed, and everyone is so close to it. So you can see of the trash talking that's going on on the floor. How much trash talking actually takes place on the, on the football field? Man, it just depends on who you're playing. If if this trash talking is going to be, you know, a DB with a wide receiver, because both of those guys are prima donnas, uh, so they got to they got to get there. You know, they got to go at it. Um, from time to time, you know, uh, you'll have D linemen talking trash to quarterbacks, or you know, the D linemen. It just depends on the vibe. But usually, the guys on the outside, you know, that that aren't hitting every play, that have enough energy to talk trash. Uh, the guys on the inside, D linemen, O linemen. We'll kind of save our energy because talking trash will definitely take it out of you a little bit. With the energy and the heat and the noise in the stadium, how tough is communication? Like if you're in the huddle late in the game on the road, I mean, is it hard to, to have that quick conversation you need to have? Or you're on the sidelines and your defensive line coach or your, or your defensive coordinators wanting to communicate with you and it's got to be done quickly. How? I mean, we all just take for granted that, that okay, that must be easy, but I'm, I'm assuming at times it's really difficult. Oh, no, it can definitely be difficult, especially for us when we used to play at home and, and, and uh, Central Link or whatnot. Um, you know, the Monday night games, the Sunday night games are probably the hardest, and Bobby literally would have to speak to each individual person in their, in their ear hole, in their helmet or whatever, and that sometimes takes uh, a lot of time. But um, it can be difficult. You know, that can be three feet away from you, and you really can't hear anything they're saying. So uh, that that takes, you know, time. It takes – Guys have you know sign language and different things like that that they try to use, but uh, we definitely it, it can be hard. It can be hard for players, but at the same time, you know when the play is going on for D linemen, that's the best thing ever. When it's so loud, where the team can't audible out of plays, and you know they're going to snap the ball on on the first down and different things like that. You know it's definitely an advantage um, if if you have that, that that crowd noise. Are you getting into the World Cup at all? Just just so you know, we we've got money on the line here. Uh, on this show, and I, I, well, kind of money on the line. Argentina, France, and Portugal. If you're watching any of it, Cliff, and you and I want to be best friends, you need to pull for those three teams. We need Argentina, France, and Portugal to be able to move on through. France has already moved on through. Okay, so I need you. We need you cheering right now for Argentina and Portugal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Um, I haven't been keeping up. My friends. Some of my friends are big soccer guys. You know, being hasty in soccer is like the number one sport. Sure, so yeah. okay. everyone's telling I'm around those guys all the time, and they're talking about it. And, you know, I, I hear them, but I don't necessarily know what the heck is going on. But, uh, you know, I, I'll definitely be pulling for those guys. <laughs> there you go. 
It's a great well, question. You, when you're you're going to be sitting in this seat in a couple of weeks, what else besides you have rank the sports outside of football? Like what's your what's your favorite sport now that you're no longer a football player? You're going to be a broadcaster. Obviously, you know football like the back of your hand. What what is is, is basketball next? Is baseball? Is there something kind of off the grid that you're a fan of? Basketball would be first, actually. Okay. Um, then football. Then football. Uh, then I, I, I like watching. Uh, I'm, I'm a big. I'm big into boxing right now. Boxing mm-hmm. is, is a big thing for me. Right. And then um, you know, I'm trying to learn a little bit more about baseball. I've never, I, for whatever reason, I've never really gotten into it. And then uh, soccer would be last, I guess. Right. We need. We we're, we're in the midst of it right now, Cliff. Your first show. We're going to put you to test in your very first show in July to to break down so far your your thoughts and observations of the 2018 Mariners team. So I don't know. And and we're just. Exactly. And I'm just going to ask you the question. Leave the studio and give you the floor for an hour to break down what you've seen so far with the Mariners. But yeah, they're yeah. on a. Don't do that to me. No, they're on a, it's Here's the thing about it. They are on this season. Why it's so fun to watch the Mariners this season is that it's been such a long time that they've been good, and it's one mm-hmm. like they're like people in this town. You experienced it with the Seahawks, but you haven't yeah. been able to experience it with the Mariners being in town, or even when the Sonics were here. Because when the you were when you were here, the Sonics were gone. This city yeah. loves teams that are successful, and it's probably not unlike any other oh, city. Yeah. But we love to jump on board and fully support it. The Mariners have just been dormant for so long that there's there's this fan base in this city that is waiting to explode, and and I think it's kind of exploded already in terms of supporting this team, right? I mean, it's just it's kind of it's been it's like right before the the uh, the explosion of like a of, a of a mountain, right? Like Mount St. Helens before it explodes. People are wanting to explode because there's a huge and rich kind of baseball community here. Most definitely. No, I mean, just in general, the Seattle community, that that area, that, it's a it's the ultimate, you know, sports city. If you know, especially once teams start doing well, they're they're definitely going to rally behind you. And it's good to see what the Mariners are doing. You know, I actually I'm I'm real close with Cruz Nelson Cruz, and you know, to see what those guys are doing and and to see how how well they're playing, and then again for the city to get behind them, uh, it's amazing. Um, and Seattle's, like I said, is, is the ultimate. Uh, city for sports because the fans will definitely follow. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll cut you loose. I, I know you're headed to the airport. Uh, we'll chat with you next week, and then we'll see you in a couple weeks uh, when you start here on July 9th. Yes, sir. Good, good uh, being on the show this week, and uh, talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the rest of the week. All right, good boss. Cliff. There he is. Cliff Averill. Uh, Cliff and uh, Puck starting on uh, July 9th, and he'll be sitting right across there, and, we'll, again, we'll just – Hey, what do you think of the Mariners? And then I'll just go and grab another Laurelwood beer and go out in the sports pit and hang out. Is it off the cliff with Puck yet? I mean, off come the up cliff with the name. Now. There's there's so many cl- oh, cliff God. notes. Yeah, yeah, they're off yeah. the cliff. Yeah, it'll be great. He'll be he'll be wonderful. The guy is a huge sports fan, and he's he's the best thing about him. He's a great personality. The probably when I say no ego or z- that doesn't really have an ego, zero ego. Yeah, right. Like, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. He's guy. no guile, no yeah, guile, no, exactly. no agenda. It just there's. You know, I've loved having him on as a guest here because you start to get a flavor for he is yeah. going to be willing to be unfiltered. And that's hard. That's a hard thing for a sure. guy to go from being a player to a broadcaster and not want to button up and say, I'm not going to tell you that. I, he's been really open with telling us some fun stuff. Frankly, I don't like what I've seen from Argentina so far against yeah. uh, Croatia. I don't like it one bit. Croatia's not somebody better around. Somebody better get into these guys. Argentina, Croatia, no score right now. They are in the uh, 40 uh, second minute of the match. All right, when we come up next, uh, we have to go over a celebrity guest list for our 
our vet next Tuesday. Also, uh, gas. What's on his mind? Coming up next. Borgy. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. You know, the uh, the lanky Canadian asked the question, and I, oh, I found out about the Canadian. He's out again today, sick. So hopefully yeah. he's better. Uh, I think Slickhawk is coming in today at 1 o'clock, I believe. Slickhawk's bench hitting at 1? Yeah, God, I mean, he's only been here. I think it was Slickhawk that's coming in here at 1 o'clock. He might start just, he might fade. Oh, my Lord. Nah, he's tough. He's a, he's a tough kid. Uh, he, he, tough kid. He, tough young man. He brought this question up the other day. That was a good question. Like, you know, the Mariners are playing great right now, and has the city's attention kind of shifted from the Mariners, you know, or from the Seahawks to the Mariners? Mm-hmm. This is always going to be a football town. I mean, it, it, there's, the, like, football blood in it, and the Seahawks yeah. are massive. And he wondered, like, how long would it take for them to sell at the training camp? Like, once that thing goes right, public, it right. usually sells out, like, in five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the record is, or maybe someone knows on the text line can tell me, like, the last few years... How long does it take for the thing to be sold out mm-hmm. once it goes public? So it's pretty quick. They announced Seahawks announced that within 90 minutes of beginning online registration for all 13 uh, 13 training camp practices uh, open to the public beginning July 26, it's been sold out. Is that normal? Is that longer, or is that where it's been? 90 minutes. I don't know. Feels longer. It feels, it feels a, little a little longer, longer but right? it also doesn't feel. Look, ninety minutes is ninety minutes is still that's pretty good. just fine. You know, if, if if you've done it before in sixty, yeah, no, yeah. I'll say this, Puck. It's interesting for me when I hear people. I, I I agree with you when I hear people say, "Well, Seattle's always been a football town." Like, yeah, yeah. I moved here in ninety one. The Seahawks couldn't have been more off the radar. I mean, by far the hottest team in town. Obviously, was the Sonics. The Huskies had just won a national championship, and then the Mariners just got crazy. And the the Hawks were an afterthought for the better part of the decade of the 90s until they finally... So, and I agree with you. Look, the muscle memory of this town is football, and the Hawks having won a Super Bowl, it's a a different level. Let me... I'll rephrase that. I think the uh, football... The blood, the DNA of the town, mm-hmm. I think, is a football town because it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's in terms of it's a blue collar town. I know we've changed over the we've changed right. in the last decade. Mm-hmm. We're not so much blue collar anymore. But in terms of like the backbone of of the economy here was blue blood. And when you look at like the what the Huskies did, you know, I mean, this is not just Don James. This goes back further than Don James right. in terms of the success they had here, and they were the the first. You know, I call them professional franchise, first franchise to really get anything going in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll edit myself. It, to me, it's a basketball town. <laughs> yeah, you know, it you is. Here, here's the thing. I think, I think if you gave anybody a, a, an opportunity to, like, what is, what's your sport? I think basketball would win. Here's, uh, I don't, I don't know, because again, now it's been a decade since we've had basketball, and I mean. During that time, you know, both college programs had a chance maybe to gain a foothold. Neither one of them really did. I know what does it mean. It, I don't know how much this means. And I did the stats, you know, during the NBA Finals. They were, like, I think it was top six. Top six in the country. Top seven, I think, in terms of the market, TV market for the Finals. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it's of the. it's hard because... If someone moved here ten years, you know, within right. ten years, right. then yeah, that changes. Yeah, I would if we could poll people who grew up here. Yeah, 
I think basketball would win. But I don't know. That's just my guess. And, and I wonder, and I, look, I, I think there's a lot of basketball DNA in this town, to borrow your word. Uh, I'll say one of the reasons the finals did so well here is because people have adopted Golden State a little True. bit. Again, they're the, yeah. they're the team that's on the most. Them and Portland are the two teams that we're going to see the most often up here. And, and, and it's easy to look. Golden State's the easiest yeah. bandwagon in the world to jump on. They're fun, man. They're a fun team to watch. And we always have the, the, the funny thing 12 since 12. Right. Um, which is. That's for real, man. That exists. Yeah, Not it everybody. Happens and it, it happens, and that's fine. There's Look, but we're I, headed down the same road with the Mariners if sure. they stay in this all year. There's going to be a lot of new Mariner experts who haven't really yeah. been into the Mariners yeah. until this year. It always has bothered me, because I, I know what this sounds like. It's it's like the guy, you know, to, to, go to, to, to go to your area of expertise in music, like when mm-hmm. people get mad that the band doesn't play at the crocodile anymore right yeah you, you sold out Link. yeah well they out, got man. big and they got popular yeah, so it want... happens now yeah. i mean it's just i think that's what they want to do you know it right. just happens it's it's success but i always bristle like when people wow the seahawks have never been good then that because 91 you're right the 90s were terrible right the 80s were great well and that's the why the 80s were yeah. unbelievable i mean i grew up going to those games in the 80s and that thing was sold out all the time. It was unbelievable. Chuck Knox, and that was great. And, and it's it's why if you just compare, if for a moment, if we just compare Hawks and Mariners, and people are, look, there's a huge group of people out there that just want them both to do well, and they're into it, and when they're doing well, they're going to pay more attention. Yeah. But the Hawks, not quite right out of the chute, but within six years, you know, were competing oh, in yeah. the playoff, and, and people fell in love with them right sure. then. And then they had a long down period, but then from basically about 2002 until now, yeah. they've been really good, yeah. and that's what does it. The M's on the hand been like a comet. They had that eight-year run where mm-hmm. they were outstanding, and now we've been waiting for something else to cheer on. And really, on the them. Sonics from the get-go were just they were always pretty consistently good. good. Always pretty good. You, know, you think about it. They've been, been to the 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 what they go, 79 finals, 78 yeah. finals, 78, 79, back uh, 96 finals. Yeah. And then just if you look at their their you track know, record of their forty one year history, yeah. I mean, damn, they were well, in the playoffs I, I consistently. Remember, I remember talking to people. You know, when the, when the Ackerleys owned the Sonics, fourteen of the eighteen years they owned them, they went to the playoffs. Exactly. Now I know you say, well, it's easy to get in the playoffs. Well, no, it's not. It, it's you, right. you and and to be that fourteen out of eighteen years, that's that's but good management. Yeah, that's consistency. Yeah. All right, we'll, I promise we'll get to it next segment. We'll, we're going to go over the the Russell the Russell Wilson celebrity uh, invitational celebrity list. I'm, I'm anxious to hear. We're going to be out there. Yeah, we're going to be know. out there on Tuesday. I want to yeah. know who we should try and go after. We talk about DNA. As you know, show yeah. prep is in my DNA, and I want to know what I have to <laughs> What are you laughing at? I want to know who who I have I to agree. ask questions of. I know. And we also, I promise, what's on gas is mine. I, I don't promise think we're, we're going to get to it at noon after headlines with Neil Scott.